Welcome back to the 8 Super Viewer Podcast. I am your host, Adam Cohen, and I'm joined by my co-worker, Q. And tonight, we're going to be talking about the top pitching rookies, honorable mentions, and top 10 pitchers in both weeks in Major League Baseball. I understand for those hardcore baseball fans that this topic has been out there for a while, but trust me, it's different when Q and I are debating over this stuff. Listen, coronavirus has things on a standstill, and we're trying to give you guys content and girls, and we're going to keep it pumping out. Just stay ready, and we will do our jobs, and most importantly, enjoy. Exactly, and we have this new format where it's going to be these quick 20 to 25-minute episodes, and we're just going to bang them out, and we're just part of a new series of just top 10 each position. We got time, because it's like baseball won't be starting for a little bit. Most definitely. Let's get into it. So, Q, why don't you start us off? Who are your top rookies that you're looking at for this season? My top rookie starting pitcher is Jesus Lazardo, left-handed pitcher out of Oakland. He was originally on the Nationals. He had some injuries, but he's still only 22 years old. He has an upper 90s fastball with a lot of movement. He has an elite high-velocity slider. And his changeup and his curveball are his off-speed pitches. He's a strikeout machine. In his last spring training appearance, he had 8 Ks in 3 innings, and he was not satisfied. Put a perfectionist asterisk next to this man because he is never, ever satisfied. Next, I got Brendan McKay, right-handed pitcher. He's kind of like Otani. He's a two-way player. His K rate was 56-16 to in 49 innings pitched. He has a mid to high 90s fastball. It's a four seamer. His changeup could become his out pitch because his curveball is a high velocity curveball. It ranks at 87 miles an hour on average. Lastly, I love this kid, Nate Pearson from the Blue Jays. He once clocked in at 104 miles an hour. He regularly hits 100. He has two above average breaking ball pitches. He eats up about 130 to 140 innings this year. He might be on a limit. He's a 6'6", big, burly man. He has a fastball slider, changeup, and a 12-6 curveball. And opposing batters averaged a measly 176 average against him. Adam? Honestly, I would say your list is a little better than mine. I know that you kind of led that section in the notes, and all of those guys are phenomenal pits. They are all dark horses for the Cy Underworld, and they definitely have a great shot at being impact rookie starters in 2020. So they have some real; those are some really, really good prospects. But just to add a few more, I am big about these three pitchers. I am big about Casey Mize, who in 109 innings pitched in Double A last season, 106 strikeouts and 23 walks, which is amazing, and. He also had a 3.20 ERA, 2.98 FIP, and a 0.57 home run per nine rate. So a lot of stats I'm throwing at you there, but he is this great big-time starting pitcher for the Tigers, and he can easily make an impact for them, especially since they're not a great team. And speaking of teams that aren't very good, the Marlins are actually have a really good pitching prospect, and this guy was part of the JT Realmuto trade, he was the big piece the Phillies gave away, and his name is Sisto Sanchez. 
He's the 22nd best prospect at all of baseball. He throws straight gas, can hit upper 90s, maybe even 100. And in 2019, he threw 103 innings pitched in double-A, a 2.53 ERA, 2.69 FIP, and 0.44 home run per nine rate. So those numbers are excellent. Just to give you guys a third option, there is Mackenzie Gore, who's the best pitching prospect according to MLB.com. He's a little ways away, didn't pitch too, too well in double-A last season, but he will come up at some point in 2024, the Padres. Q, what do you think of those picks? They are some great picks. Let's get into some bubble pitchers because I know the NCAA tournament was canceled, but we still do have some bubble pitchers now. I got Luis Castillo, who might benefit off his team getting better. He's a strikeout machine. Next, I got Blake Snell, who had an injury-plagued season last year. In 2018, he had 21 wins. Don't count him out. Noah Syndergaard, my man out of the Mets. Another injury-plagued season. He could bounce back. Aaron Nola. Watch him this year. Philly's got a new manager. They're off their freshman season of a lot of change. He was also a 20-game winner in 2018. He will bounce back, guaranteed. And lastly, Madison Bumgarner. Love him. Change of scenery. I'm eager to see what he does, Adam. Honestly, those are some really, really fascinating pits. But I, I kind of feel a lot of them peaked. Not going to lie. I feel a good amount of them peaked. I don't think Blake Snell's ever going to have a season like he did in 2018. I don't think Snergard, even though with all his hype, he certainly could be there to crack the top 10. Bumgarner, yes, he's an innings eater, but he's not too, too much else anymore. He could have a sub-3-5 ERA, sure, but there are just a lot more interesting pitchers than them, I would say, for the top 10. These are honorable mentions, though, so I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. But I do think that those guys may not belong in that top 10. They're not in the top 10. They're bubble pitchers. <laughs> That's true. But, like, these bubble pitchers could potentially be in the top 10, essentially, right? Yeah, definitely. You, you can't see Aaron Nola if the Phillies are better being in the top 10 or Luis Castillo. I know Snell was a little bit out there, but the Rays have a pretty good staff. We'll get into that. Yeah, I mean, I can still see them. Nola I'm a bit wary about because he, he had a – Disappointing 2019 season for him. Again, it's possible, but there's some better pitchers out there. And for starters, not no pun intended for that one. That was totally accidental. But off the dome. Yeah, right off the dome, exactly. But I really like Patrick Corbin, who a lot of people forget signed the biggest contract for a pitcher during the 2018-2019 offseason. He placed 11th in the NL Cy Young Award. Then you have Tyrod Glass now, who really looks like he was going to win the American League Cy Young Award. He, he had a 1.78 ERA and 12 games started. He was the favorite. He had a 2.3 war as well. Very impressive. And then a lot of people are sleeping on Yu Darvish, who was this perennial all-star, who was this fascinating pitcher from Japan, had a tough go in the last couple of years as the Astros kind of broke him. But in the second half, he was one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball. 2.76 ERA and hitters slashed 199. 228, 384 against him. So no one could hit off this man, and he could be back to ace light status in 2020. Well, you touched on Corbin. I might get into him in my top 10 list, but why don't you start off with your 10th best, best pitcher? So 
My 10th best pitcher stings a bit. Not going to lie. This guy was supposed to be the pride and joy of the Yankees when they traded three big prospects for him. And that man is none other than Sonny Gray. And man, could he not handle New York. Whether it was the Yankees telling him to lay off his fastball a bit or just he couldn't handle the big city. He had an amazing season for the Reds. And he really returned to his Cy Young-esque form. He placed 7th the NL Signing Award, and in 31 games start, he threw 175.1 innings pitched, 2.87 ERA, 50.8 ground ball percentage, which is very elite, and a 4.4 F4. Yeah, not too big on Sonny Gray. can't say he's a top 10 pitcher in baseball, but we might get into Justin Bieber, psych. Shane Bieber is my 10th pick. He had 34 games pitched last year, 33 started. He had a 214 innings pitch, 3.28 ERA. He is absolutely essential to the Indians. His walk to K rate is great at 1.68. He doesn't let the ball leave the yard too much. And I think he cracks the top 10, but that's up for debate. Get into your ninth pick, Adam. I would like to say that. I do have Bieber higher on my list, so it will be when I get to that, it will be interesting. But he's too good, man. He he has been elite since he's came up to the baseball. So I understand that Gray was definitely a bit of a dark horse pick, but Bieber at number ten, oof, that just seems a bit too low for him to me. All right, well we'll see, we'll see. Go with uh, number nine here. Number nine, I know you're high on this guy, and I'm high on him too. I like Jack Flaherty. He, oh, my man. Yeah, you might have to say the same thing. He he could be higher than this, but he came fourth in the NL Cy Young Award last year. He has been an absolute stud for the Cardinals since coming up to them in his second big league season. He pitched, or second full big league season, in 33 games. He had a 2.75 ERA. He had a 1.15 home run per nine rate, 10.59 K per nine rate, and a 4.7 F4. So he is on track to repeat that in 2020. What's your ninth pick, Q? Well, you mentioned him. I got number nine, Patrick Corbin. He had only 14 wins last year, but he won a World Series ring. He got big money. He's a lefty, 3.25 ERA. I think he definitely is a top 10 pitcher in baseball, Adam. Yeah, I will have to disagree with you on wins there because wins, not not too yeah, big about them. Yeah, exactly, because we'll get into Flaherty in a second with that, but... Why don't you go with number eight? That's fair. That's fair. So we mentioned him earlier, and that's your man Shane Bieber. And, yeah, he's he's amazing. He has been excellent for the Indians. They have had a lot of changes to their team and their rotation for the last couple of years. And they, we could be seeing more changes, but he is the de facto ace of the staff, no questions asked. He's going to be poised for a great 2020. Yes, you mentioned him. I got number eight, Jack Flaherty. I know you said wins are misleading. He only had 11 last year with a abysmal 2.75 ERA. He strikes out a lot of batters, 231 to be exact. If his team gets better, this kid is the future of baseball. I have him at number eight. I know that's a stretch. But I might be a little biased. I love the kid. Yeah, he is. He is very, very good and very underrated pitcher. And especially with the Cardinals being kind of this weird team that always seems to find the playoffs, he is one of the players that everyone should know by now. 
Most definitely. Get into your number seventh pick here. So this guy, if you told me four years ago, I would have never thought in 100 years he'd be a Cy Young pitcher, but the Houston Astros obviously had something brewing within their system, and a lot of good pitchers came out of it, such as Garrett Cole, such as Justin Verlander, and the number seven pick that I have, Charlie Morton. Oh, no, we agreed. Yeah. We got the same pick. Oh, wow. Charlie Morton. Yes, he... He could be higher because this guy came out of nowhere. He came out of the bullpen. And now he is whew, He's on Tampa Bay now, right? Yes, he is. They have a bunch of good pitchers. Watch out for them as a Yankees fan, right? Yeah, Adam? watch out, especially with all these injuries right now. Exactly. He had 16 wins last year with a 3.05 ERA. He is crafty. He hits spots. He has a plethora of pitches. And he's a feel-good story. He really is. And it's hilarious that this was a guy who only threw 91 miles per hour, and now he's a running two-seamer of 100, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, but let's hope it ain't PEDs. I love Charlie. Get into your number six pick. I'm really big on Walker Buehler, and he could easily rank higher. I don't know how mm, he got... Hint, hint. Yeah, exactly. I may be hinting to something else there. May have may have checked your list a little bit beforehand there, Q, but it, yes, yeah. <laughs> but it is surprising that he only came in ninth in the NL signed award because he is the true ace of the Dodgers staff. I think he's better than Kershaw as of now, heading to twenty twenty. Most definitely hundred percent. Yeah, and he just does everything right. Low ERA at three point two sits, not a lot of home runs allowed, low walk rate. Great strikeout rate, and he had a five war as well, so he's excellent. Who's your number six pick, Q? I got Steven Strausberg. He could go higher as well. Injuries are the factor to watch with him, but he had 18 games won last year. 209 innings pitch, which is great for him. A 3.32 ERA. You know Steven strikes out a lot of guys. He's a great pitcher when he's on the mound. He's kind of made out of tinfoil sometimes, but he hasn't been injured yet, so he is definitely the sixth. He could be a top five pitcher easily. Yeah, you may have checked my list on this one, but Strasburg is my number five pick. And oh, look, a little segue. Yeah, right? a little segue. Perfect little segue right there. And he deserves it. He deserves to be placed number five. He signed the second highest contract ever for a pitcher this offseason. Seven years, $245 million. And a lot of people think that this World Series MVP is just getting started right now and that he's finally going to really live up to his age-old hype that he's had since he was a prospect. So look out for Strasburg in 2020. Most definitely, I'm going to go number five, Justin Verlander. I know that might shock some. Again, injuries and getting old. Not really injuries, he's just getting older. I know he had a 21-game winning season pitching 34 games, a nice 2.58 ERA. The ball doesn't leave the yard. He's a winner. I love Justin Verlander. Just father time has to reach him. This list is indicative of 2020, not 2019, folks. Yeah, he he definitely, I definitely have him a little bit higher, but I would not be surprised if he has some regression heading in 2020 because Astros are are without Cole this time, without his number two support. So he could very well see his regression. We'll get into that a little bit more later. Q, who do you have for number four? Uh, You mentioned him, Walker Bueller. 
old the statue said, I have asterisks right here. He might have the best team in baseball, which would equate to more wins. I got a little side story about him. I was at the Mets game, first row in left field. He's warming up. Mets fans are not really too nice. They're kind of like the Bills Mafia a little bit. <laughs> They're cursing at him, calling him all names. And he had iced water running through his veins. He has abundance of pitches. He's young. He is by fact the future of baseball. And I'm a Mets fan. I hate him. But he is the truth. Hey, he probably gave you a lot of entertainment considering that the Mets weren't a playoff team last year. Uh, no, but <laughs> I'm a journalist. I'm objective here. <laughs> I gotta love it. Yeah, no, he is He is very, very remarkable. I have to go with my man Scherzer over here. You probably have him a little higher, but... Yes, yes I do, and again, objective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's interesting because Scherzer, he was still just as dominant as he was previous years, but it was the first time he then cracked the 200-inning plateau and 30-game start at benchmark since 2012. And he had some bat strains. He had some rhomboid, I hope I pronounced it, rhomboid strains. So he's entering his age 36 season. We can see a similar trend to what happened with Kershaw where he just starts to fall off a little bit each year. And that could be indicative of what we see of Scherzer in 2020. Well, great segue to my third pick. I have Max Scherzer. I hate his guts. He has killed me as a Mets fan time in, time out. But he was third inside young voting. Father time seems to not affect him. He's the wily old vet. He is a Hall of Famer, guaranteed, and I hate the man, but he's like Tom Brady. You hate him, but you got to respect him. Yeah, it must be really tough to be in and play that guy 18 times. Well, play the Nationals 18 times and face him several times during the season. Yes, and we lost probably 90% of the time. So that doesn't help either. Yeah. Well... To be fair, I, I hate Verlander pretty well, pretty much as much as you hate Scherzer. Maybe even more so since he keeps beating us in the ALCS. And Yeah, and they cheated. So That's yeah, true. I'm not a big fan of that. And honestly, Verlander could easily get the regression bug. He's my number three. And he probably was – he was definitely hit hard last season, even after the side award that he won. His home run per nine rate jumped from 1.18 to 1.45, which is a big jump. His hard percentage jumped from 29.1 to 48.1, and I know that seems crazy to have a number three, but nonetheless, everyone in baseball was getting hit hard last season, including Verlander, and he still managed to have a 6.4 F4, still managed to win to Cy Young, and he will have some regression, but he'll still be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Most definitely. All right. The creme de la creme, one and two. At number two, I have Garrett Cole, your man. <laughs> At the Yankees, he signed that big money, 300-plus million. He was a 20-game winner. Just on a side note, I love this kid when he's on the Pirates. I told everyone that trade to the Astros was bloody murder. They stole him, and now the Yankees are paying 300 million for this guy. The Pirates must be shaking their head. You're going to list off all the stats for him. I know you have him at number one. But who's your number two, Adam? I have to go with your guy, Jay LeGrom. And it's honestly a toss-up between these two. And it's so much fun that they're on opposing boroughs from each other. They're in the same city. And honestly, only time will tell who will reign victorious as the top pitcher in baseball. But LeGrom, he's very close to him. He's back-to-back side underwater in 2018-2019. 
He had a 2.43 ERA last year, 204 innings pitch, and a 7.0 F4. He's unbelievable, and honestly, he was very close to being my number one. Most definitely, I'm going to go to my number one pick, the hope of the Mets, my favorite player, maybe besides Alonzo, <laughs> Jacob DeGrom, back-to-back Cy Young Awards, not on the best team by a stretch, by a large margin. You can rail off the stats, say what you want. He's a gamer. He can hit home runs to win games. He'll strike you out. He'll hit corners. He'll paint the black. He's truly Picasso of this generation. He is the best pitcher of this decade by far. Hey, we're entering a new decade. Maybe it was the last decade, but this should be Garrett Cole's decade right now. Yes, it probably will be, but if DeGrom gets a team behind him, he is a gamer, bar none. Hey, Cole's a gamer, too. You have to understand, the Yankees' rotation is complete hot garbage without this man in their rotation. His sign was better every single day. 20-game winner. Oh, yeah, they'd be, yeah. Oof, they'd be screwed right now with all these injuries. Yeah. Oh. Rays would probably overtake them in first, too. Yeah, because like we said, the Rays are a sneaky little team. They have a large starting pitching staff. Brendan McKay, watch out for. But Morton, Snell might have a better year. You can name the people, Adam. You know all this stuff. Yeah, they don't have these undergods such as Yanni Chirinos and Ryan Yarborough. So very, very complete rotation. And that's that's why I really like Cole because he's not faced by the big city. He won a chip with the Astros and – yeah, he's just he's just an absolute stud. He was 100 miles per hour, 13.82 K per nine, over 300 strikeouts. He, he's in, he's insane. So he'll be it'll be fun. It's definitely, it's the next decade is Coles, but we'll leave it at this. Imagine Degrom on the Yankees, he would win and win and win. And it's been a hot bun rumor for a while. I don't want to ever see him leave the Mets, but if the Mets tank. I wouldn't mind giving him to you guys so he gets a ring. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. All those wins he could have gotten if he was on a team that could back him up a bit more. Well, that should be it, folks. That's a quick episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Adam, take it away. Yep. It's not goodbye. To see you later. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. And until next time, this is the Exit Fuel Podcast. Hey.